So the, the biggest piece of advice, you know, we, we touched on the determination already, but ha- having that growth mindset, the openness to try new things, to, you know, try something. If you fail, fail fast. So you can recover, overcome those things. So if you are set in, in your way and you fail and you give up, you, you're never going to know what could have been. As long as you have that growth mindset and you're trying to find a new way to do, you know, something different, something new, innovative, uh, you can adapt. Ultimately, I think you're going to be successful. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Leaders, really excited for you to be joining me today. I am bringing you really one of the real special, special people. We all, we just have special alumni, but uh, Jason Halsley is really a real unique, unique person. And uh, so Jason, when he was in our program, you know, first of all, was a, you know, high performing engineering student. So when you do that, plus you're a high performing operator with the student works management program, that just says something about you. But on top of it, he was an elite athlete and won the national championships as a, in hockey uh, with the University of Guelph when he was an operator. So engineering, an operator, elite hockey player, and then he went on to just an incredible engineering career. So, and not surprisingly, given just his ability to work hard, to work with others, to continue to learn, to continue to, to adapt in the world. He's got so much to share in this podcast. I know you're really going to love it. I guess Jason entered a firm where there were 400 people in, you know, basically out of the central office in, in Kitchener-Waterloo. And over a decade, he and, and many other amazing people grew the business to 4,000. And they ended up merging with a company called GHD. And now they are GHD. And it's the largest merger ever in the engineering space. 10,000 people right across the world doing um, engineering work in all sorts of different spaces. Jason is a vice, pre- vice president and a principal of that business. I know you're going to love the podcast and uh, I know you'll find a lot of value and thanks to Jason for participating. So I know you know what I'm looking for is I'm looking for other amazing leaders like Jason, other young people who are looking to make a real difference in their lives to really make a a difference in the world, you know, that's something Jason's doing is not just, you know, as a leader in his business, but really uh, they, they, they're working on a lot of environmental causes and really making a shift to the world in what they're doing. And so if you know people like that, please reach out to me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca, chris at leaderspodcast.ca, and you're welcome as well to rate and review us. And uh, I know you're going to love the pod. Please enjoy it. Have a fantastic day. Thanks so much. So uh, Jason, again, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you know, for our, um, for our leaders, uh, Jay just lived such a, you know, has had just such responsible for so many things. His travel, he's traveling all over the world and it was really difficult to get you on and really, really so appreciative. Hey, I'm glad to be here, Chris, and uh, happy to, you know, provide some advice to any of the, the younger uh, generation of Student Works uh, team members coming along. 
Absolutely, absolutely. No, and 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 for our leaders, uh, we've had some technology glitzes. Uh, yes, I'm responsible, and uh, but Jason has put a big smile on his face and and making it work. So so well done. You know, we just no matter what we deal with these uh, these uh, uh, doesn't work always the way we want it to work, but we we figure it out, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So 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 Jay, what were you like before our program? So I guess, uh, you know, back, that's a long time ago now, <laughs> uh, back in my, my younger years, teen years, I was a typical, uh, you know, typical teenager, university student, you know, uh, a little bit scattered, you know, had a great supportive family, I played sports, um, and, and, and really, uh, you know, didn't really have any, uh, a whole lot of focus, if you will. Um, I was hard working. Um, my social life kind of drove my day-to-day, -day, you know, what friends were doing, where we were going, what parties were doing. Certainly a different social life than kids have these days, but it was right. social life none, nonetheless. Right. Okay. Okay. And so, so what was your biggest frustration as a teenager, if you, if you could think back before you got started in your business? Well, it was, uh, it was financially related, relying on others. You know, the bank of mom and dad, if I wanted to go somewhere or have the latest pair of shoes, you know. Um, not being able to rely on myself and my own my own means to you know to to get where I wanted to get was was somewhat difficult. So. Okay. And so, what do you still rely on from the program? Well, the the program really set me up from you know I had the engineering background, so the the program really set me up in a number of ways. It opened my mind to you know uh, different business development, um, working with teams, you know the finance piece, all of those things uh, you know come from the program. But it also set me up, you know, in a springboard for a, for a growth mindset, the ability to overcome obstacles, you know, no different than what we experience today, uh, <laughs> or, you know, or, or a number of other things. And it, it just sets you up for success. Uh, and I still use that to this day. Okay. Yeah. And, and normally we don't talk that much about, you know, what people's experiences were like back in the student works management program. But your experience was, was really quite unique in that, you know, first of all, you're in an engineering course that anybody knows, you know, goes to university, the engineers, you know, really big class loads, really lots of hours, lots of studying afterwards. Then on top of it, you know, this person does the student works management program. Wow, that's a whole bunch. But on top of that, Jason also was a, um, a an elite hockey player. And even more than that, he played on a team. Now he wasn't, you know, he's one of the components of a team that won a national championship. So, wow. That is a whole, whole lot. Uh, so, so why don't you take our, our, our leaders back to that time and how you made it all work um, so that you could accomplish all that? Sure. Um, it, it was really a juggling act, you know, a little bit of brute strength, uh, brute, brute <laughs> determination uh, to get through, you know, when you're tired and whatnot. But again, hyper organization and, and some of that student works element brought that in, you know, uh, over the years. Uh, enabled me to organize uh, because you you have to manage your your day to day, uh, manage your personal uh, time, your recharge time, your social life. So really, it was it was uh, highly demanding, but nonetheless uh, certainly workable. And so so just just in terms of like um, you know is is that something that you you rely on or you think of like you know just just that hey if you could do that you, you know you can do all the stuff that you're doing now or is now just even at, at the, you know your career just been even a, a warp level higher? 
No, you know, it, it, there really hasn't been a whole lot of change. Um, right. Uh, it was still demanding at the time. It's just, it's just changed. You know, it's morphed a little different. It's a different demand. So I didn't have the athletic demands and the physical demands. I still go to the gym every morning. Right. You know, I quarter after five, go to the gym, set my day up right. So that's the physical and mental piece. Um, you know, the brute strength piece is just, you know, the travel and, and those types of things, uh, certainly demanding on your time. Um, so the, the student works piece really added those elements that I was going to be experiencing later on. And to this day, you know, some 20 years later, uh, certainly still utilizing those tools. Yeah. No, it's funny. I think, I think I, I know I, I have that in common with you is, is that I was an elite athlete and we won a national championship again, relying more on the other better swimmers on the team than me, but I, but I, I helped out, um, and got some points for us. But, uh, um, but I remember just, um, uh, I often think about just how hard I worked and quite often now I think, Oh, Hey, I can do that. I know this is a tough run here. You know, we got a tough traveling run or trainings back to back weekend over weekend you know, and, and it's like, no, I'm ready. I can do this. And, and it, it is something I think to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. It, we, we can definitely draw parallels, not only amongst ourselves, but you know, our younger years versus now, you, you know, yeah. through it, the, uh, the challenges are not always going to be, uh, to be there. You'll overcome and, and, and uh, certainly persevere on the other side. So. Yeah. And so, so I know you, you, you know, you, you jumped out of, uh, you know, your engineering, you jumped out of student works and, and into, uh, uh, um, you know, an engineering career. Why don't you, why don't you walk through, you know, those, those stages or, or, you know, at least the initial stage, Jason. Sure. Yeah. So during my university days, I, as you mentioned, I was part of the student works program yeah. uh, while taking engineering. And then I became a junior engineer with a company called CRA or Conestoga Rovers and Associates. Um, we had 400 people at the time, right. uh, a nice little business, majority of them here in Waterloo. A um, couple years into that uh, stint, I, I gained the support of some of the senior partners in the in the business to try to uh, explore a new food and agribusiness division within the within the company. So really, it was just taking all of the tools that we were already using for other clients in automotive or oil and gas, or and applying that to you know the food and ag clients that that we weren't servicing at the time. They uh, invested in in myself and another individual to go off and, and, and explore this market. Right. Uh, we had some early wins, um, some early challenges as well, <laughs> uh, and we just it gained additional investment. Uh, you know, from the the partners at the time putting their you know capital on the line. Right. And grew it into a successful business within the firm. Right. Uh, over the course of that time, um, I set up a couple of offices: one in Green Bay, one in Fresno, California. Uh, moved our family, uh, you know, to California, started that office and grew with the business, uh, became a principal in, uh, after, after about 10 years right. and uh, a significant, you know, ownership share, share value now and, and continue to grow the business, ultimately merging with GHD uh, five years ago and right. a, a 10,000 man global firm. Wow. Wow. So for our, for our, for our young leaders, what is food and agri and what types of uh, work uh, do you do? Uh, um, what, what sort of engineering problems do you solve for your clients? Sure. Uh, we run the full gamut. Uh, it could be a, a line automation, you know, automation within a facility. could be a brand new greenfield development, uh, you know, from scratch, you know, several hundred million dollar project. Right. Uh, it could be an environmental permitting issue. Um, you know, any number of things. So really, you know, electrical, mechanical, civil, 
structural right. engineering, the, the whole gamut of engineers. Uh, then we have our air engineers that would get involved. So really you bring together a team to execute a client or a project on the client's behalf. Right, right. And and one of the things that seems to have happened over the years is is engineering companies have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you know, and 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 is it why why is that? You know, why why is that happened? What 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 are the advantages for the clients and the advantage for the engineering company? Sure. Well, it, it does two things. There's an advantage to the, uh, three things really. Advantage to the clients, the engineering company, and the staff within that company. Okay. Um, so we're able now with with the size we have, we're able to deal with international clients. So a lot of our clients are the big international conglomerates that you're familiar with. They've got operations globally that we're able to service now with our footprint. Right. Um, we're able to have, with our size, we're able to have the flexibility to do those larger projects that we that we didn't have when we were a smaller entity. Um, it also provides considerable value for our young engineers. We've got global opportunities. We've got a young engineers program. Uh, engineers can go to you know Australia, New Zealand, Middle East, uh, all over the world. Opportunities that I didn't have. Uh, right. The system. <laughs> Not that I'm. Uh, <laughs> things things worked out for you. Things worked yeah. out for you. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. It worked out fine. Um, yeah. But certainly, you no. Know, going to California, big deal. I went. People can, you know, Australia, the Middle East, wherever. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and obviously, to a certain extent, you were one of the people who really helped create that opportunity, right? You know, just because if Conestoga Rowers had not made those types of decisions to expand their business then that merger wouldn't have happened, right? This, uh, you know, Jason was part of the, you know, the, those two businesses coming together, the biggest engineering merger, um, you know, ever before, you know, and, and the, the partnership that was created. So, um, so if we walk backwards, uh, Jason, you know, so, um, you know, 100% of your time in the first two years really is spent being an engineer. You know, learning the learning the, the 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 systems, the processes, and and all the things that make a successful engineer. Then all of a sudden, you know, did were you the one who were seeing the opportunities and knocking on the door of your you know mentors above, or or were they seeing the opportunities and potential growth? So, so you're absolutely right. Early on, it was just just get as much knowledge as you can from you know the 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 senior engineers around you. Yeah. Uh, I started to see some opportunities, so you know we approached them to, to you know to to get backing and funding, and I guess the mandate to go ahead and spend some of our time, yeah. you know, chasing things rather than working on billable work for clients. So that's that enabled me, you know, to grow the business. Uh, and as that business grew, so did my leadership responsibilities and management responsibilities, which I leaned upon my student works days, you know, to leverage. That that's what made that successful. I was able to reach back and manage people, deal with conflict, you know, finance, things like that, that uh, as a junior engineer, you're, you're just, you know, doing numbers, working with charts, yeah. things like that. So it gradually shifted over the course of my career where now it's, it's probably 95, 97% leadership, management, mentoring, client facing, as opposed to, you know, hardcore engineering calculations, things like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny. I, I, I had the opportunity, um, uh, where I went to school at University of Toronto, I, I was in a residence where there were a bunch of swimmers. You know, that was why I was there. There were a bunch of uh, theologians. That's what, that was the school. Uh, that was the college. And then there were a bunch of engineers and medical students and dentists. So I remember the dentists and then I, sorry, the, the engineers, and then I stayed connected with these engineers over a long period of time. And I saw that there were a group of engineers who literally worked at like 40 hours a week. And 
they made great money, they had great lives, they typically had really great lifestyles. That was something that they were kind of really into. And then I knew a bunch of them who they did that plus, and they, they had some incredible, you know, successes. They ran consulting firms or one of them sold for huge, huge whack of money. Um, and, 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 uh, cause that's one thing as well as for you, you were doing the nine to five and then on top of it, you were doing the other piece. So maybe you can describe to our leaders what that looked like. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I draw a parallel back to the university days, you yeah. know, student works and, and you're exactly right. It was doing my, you know, 40 hours, if you will, of work, client related work. And then it was the above and beyond, right. you know, exploring new markets, you know, proposals for new clients, uh, you know, travel, all those things were additional to that. So my trajectory was quite a bit quicker than than most absolutely for sure um you know becoming a principal after nine ten years in the business was significant at the time yeah um and you know quite quite frankly i benefited both financially and you know uh career-wise from that so it was the, the extra going the extra mile definitely uh definitely helped yeah and and again on the other hand it's it's like it takes somebody who really wants to right? Who wants to work, right? And you're just a worker, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, I, I know that because I've never called you and you're not working your butt off, not driving someplace, doing something with the kids or whatever, right? That's right. Yeah. You, you, you can't, I like, say you can't teach work ethic. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of smart people, but if they don't have the drive and desire, yeah. um, you know, I, I've often said to my kids, hard work will outdo smarts any day of the week, right? Yes. And you certainly got to have a, a base level of, of knowledge, but yeah. intelligence, but yeah, the hard work goes miles. So there's no question. Absolutely. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, will be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca ca slash apply now back to the episode and so um so uh you know we're well we're talking about learning and 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 you, you know what about learning mentorship you know what did you do in your career to sort of you know uh grow that uh you know uh you know in addition to your hard work Sure. Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to have some great mentors. Uh, Ed Roberts uh, was my initial mentor. He was our president, uh, you know, previously. Mm -hmm. Great mentor, personally and professionally. Um, he and then I uh, had Tony Yang, who was a CFO of our company. So I had two fabulous mentors. Yeah. But I, again, I take it back even further than that. You know, you, you were a mentor to me back in the day, which certainly you know gave me that base knowledge and that base mm -hmm. drive and, and and desire uh, to go forward. So. What I've learned from, you know, all the mentors I've had in the past, right. certainly I apply to any junior engineers and others that I mentor today, it becomes actually more prevalent in a leadership role to apply those things, lessons learned, you know, the, the emotional intelligence side of things as opposed to just 
you know, you know, uh, traditional book smarts and things like that. There's yeah. a big element to that that definitely comes into play. Um, and it makes you a more effective leader, really. For, oh, 100%, 100%. And what, is, what does your organization do about um, ongoing learning for your, your engineering and the community of uh, leaders and engineers that you have in the business? Yeah, we're fortunate enough to have a robust um, support network here, business school. Um, we do trainings, Harvard Business School trainings. We have tech conferences. Actually, uh, uh, last July, this past July, I was in uh, Cairns, uh, Australia for a tech conference where you bring, you know, the, the technical leaders of the business together to learn from uh, other areas of the business. So there's a continual improvement, continuous learning atmosphere here within the business. Um Internally, but also I saw it external. You know, I'm a right. by reading, uh, you know, business, a podcast, such yeah. as this, just to gain that extra, right? And that's what yeah. you do when you're traveling. You, you get a book to read, just a podcast. So yeah. you're in continual growth, continual adaptation mode. Uh, yeah. I think that's very important. Once you've done your scholastic learning, there's a lot more to be learned in yes. the world of business uh, than just something out of a book, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and it's and, and again, I can tell I can tell that you like I are, are just interested, right? Like that's a big thing as well is is to be interested, you know, um, uh, in in other things, and and so then that also just makes you interesting, you know. Again, if you're just kind of relying back on what you know you know, your career is not going to be as successful. Your life's not going to be as good. And I think it's not going to be as interesting uh, either, um, you know, and, and certainly as well, like, I think, I think when I grew up, I think there were more people still who were kind of like not really on the learning track, like even knowledge workers. But, yeah. but now, you know, certainly if you're not, it's, 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 I think you're going to have a tough future just because it's just so important. Things are changing so fast. I, I would agree for you know uh, in any individual, but any business too. If you're not constantly evolving and and, and challenging the norms, uh, in new things, that certainly you you'll get left behind in, in the business world. Absolutely, absolutely. So so how did you know running a business was the right thing for you? What were the signs, Jason? Well, you, you kind of touched on it earlier with with the drive and determination. So that's mm -hmm. one. You got to have that in order to be successful, but also being able to control your own destiny. If you, right. you know, I, I alluded to it earlier, having my own means to, to, you know, to buy the new pair of shoes, those sorts of things, uh, having the freedom to do that. So you chart right. your own path. Um, you're the, you know, the, the bearer of your own success, the, the fruits of your labors, if you will. Um, well, one thing I also learned is, is you, you, you can't go it alone. No matter how much brute determination, intelligence, book smart, business smart you have, that'll get you to a certain point. You have to draw on others, and, and really the you know, student works program um, was the first, you know, shedding the light on that. I guess in sports was in a way. Yeah. That you're not a one-man show. You need to draw on others, uh, uh, you know, when you get into a tough spot and draw on their knowledge. Um, so certainly that continual learning aspect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love as well. Like that's something, and, and I guess this is our second podcast for our leaders. So we're do, this one's better than the first one we didn't record. Um, <laughs> this is much better, Jason. But, but I love the one thing that's really clear for me is just how much of a, of a team player you are, right. And how much you draw on others. And it just is so, so critical. You know, you can see, you know, again, even, even how, how GHD is set up, you know, Hey, we've got all these resources. And, and I, I know a lot of times I look, 
you know, uh, and our business, I guess, is really big in the space we're at. But obviously, compared to what you guys are doing, we're, we're like a little, a little flea. And it's really great having all those smart people, you know, to draw. I can just imagine that being really neat. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if, if people really stick to their strengths um, and then just delve into and learn from those others around them who are better at it than they are, ultimately, you become a better person. You know, there's certain yes. things in the business areas of the business, communication, outreach, building teams that I may be better at than a traditional you know, detail engineer. Um, yes. They're detail oriented. They're not as much of a team builder, leader, that sort of thing. Both very necessary in the business, but and and the, you know, both a symbiotic relationship. You need each other to be successful. You need each, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Jason, you know, it's all and all everybody's group efforts win together. You know, so so yeah. You know, we've been talking about a lot of good things. You know, but but we also know that there's been failures or mistakes. So what, you know, what about big failures and mistakes and how did you learn from those? Sure. Uh, I go back to my uh, budding years as exploring the new business and new opportunities. We were able to get a significant contract awarded to us. Right. Um, had to do a, a pile of work in a short period of time. Um, grabbed all these resources within the, within the business. Now it was on short order. They, they really didn't necessarily know the business. Right. Great. Got it out, got in the field, got all this work done. And we come back and look and we were double budget. Wow. So double what the, what the contract amount was. Now the client was certainly not responsible for that. That yeah. was on us. Yeah. But here I was thought we were world beaters. We were doing everything possible. We were awesome. We got the work done on time. Yeah. And the invoice rolls in at the end of the month and there it is. It's double budget. So that was an eye opener. So luckily the, you know, senior leadership had faith in, in you know, in, in the vision of where we're headed, what we're doing. Right. But um, it was really, it was, it was man hours that we were using. Some of the staff we were using weren't necessarily utilized where they were. So helping right. us out was fine, but we ultimately learned, you know, you got to keep an eye on the finances. Yes. You got to get the right team. Yeah. You know, you've got to pay attention to those things. And some of those areas, quite frankly, when I was doing the work in the field, I wasn't able to, you know, maintain focus on. Yes. Having someone else maybe, you know, do that piece when I was early on would have prevented that. Right. So, right. So you guys, you guys created better processes, created better systems, yes. you know, so that you could go and deliver obviously more profitable work or the business wouldn't have grown to where it is today. That's right. That's <laughs> continuous improvement again. Continuous right? improvement. And, you know, and again, profit for our leaders, profit is a good thing because what it shows is we're doing uh, satisfactory and excellent work for our clients who then we pay our costs and what relies is profit and that can spur our growth and, 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 uh, you know, really the existence of the business, you know, cause a lot of times people don't really understand what profit is profit. Good thing, you know, not a greedy thing. It's a good thing. So, uh, for, for, for people. So, um, you know, if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world, what advice would you give them? So the biggest piece of advice, you know, we, we touched on the determination already, but ha having that growth mindset, the openness to try new things, to, you know, try something. If you fail, fail fast. So you yeah. can recover, overcome those things. So if you are set in, in your way and you fail and you give up, you, you're never going to know what could have been. Um, right. As long as you have that growth mindset and you're trying to find a new way to do, you know, something different, something new, innovative, uh, you can adapt. Um, ultimately, I think you're going to be successful. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's I think that's great, and and not being afraid, like you said, to 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 fail, to to try things, not have it work, 
you know, and then and then ascertain, make make progress and move forward again. That's how you open up new markets as you guys were able to, right? You know, move from 400 to 4,000. Like, wow. Um, so yeah, that's, that's quite a, quite a bunch of, quite a bunch of growth. And again, there's a lot of like people see the growth and the progress and the success, but within that there's you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of mistakes along the way. Right. You know, just you, you figure and you redirect. Absolutely. And, and that's a bigger part of the business today is risk management. So those micro failures, um, not, not any one thing is catastrophic, uh, you know, to the yes. business or, or to the individual. Um, and you put some checks and balances in there to make sure that, you know, it's not just, again, it's a team thing. It's not just mm-hmm. one person driving ahead with a design and that's, you know, that's the be all and end all. There's checks yeah. and balances along the way from other team members and uh, to verify the design, to verify, you know, what's, what's being you know, put out the door. So. That's great. That's great. Um, so as you went from a, a, a teenager, university student to a business owner, value creator uh, in the full-time world, do you need to change about yourself? Uh, so I was fortunate enough to be part of the student work program. So I really was more of a, a slight modification. There wasn't a wholesale change um, because I had some exposure to that in, in university. Um, Really, I just took those tools and used them as a springboard to to further the career. Um, I guess one of the biggest things would have been the ability to adapt in a larger environment, understand what you're capable of, what your environment is now in. Um, certainly, was as you mentioned, a bigger environment than than the student works environment, and figuring out your path to success. Your you know you're checking your surroundings. How am I going to be successful? Who are the who are the right people on my team? You know, right. in order to build that high value uh, team that you want to be successful. So communication, interaction with others, that, that you know, that was certainly a big. But again, we, we received some of that through through the program. So oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And actually speaking about environment, because I know one of the things that's always on my mind and, you know, can't help but pick up a podcast or read about the our environment, right? And and what's going on with the environment. But I know you you are a part of you know one of the leading environmental engineering firms in the world. So so what sort of things are 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 moving ahead and making progress on the environment? You know that you see, Jason. That that maybe we're not getting a chance to see. You know, doing the roles that we do. Sure. Um, well, I, when I, earlier in my career, it was cleaning up the messes of, of previous generations. And that's, we still do that to this day, you know, the love canals of the world and things like that, that were significant environmental disasters. It's now transitioned to more of a compliance and a forward looking, you know, alternative energy, hydrogen, you know, energy, uh, renewables, um, you know, essentially stopping, you know, the hazards before they start, if you will. Um, Certainly growth, I mean, just our existence here uh, today impacts the environment in some fashion. So you want to min- you're minimizing that. Sustainability is a big thing. Uh, it's involved in almost every project we do now, some, some element of sustainability, whether it's a brand new build, whether you're retrofitting something to make it more sustainable, less energy hungry, more efficient. Um, so there's that continual drive for efficiencies and, and something that's less impactful on the environment. Um, you get that through control measures. You get that through new designs, innovative designs. Um, that's one thing I enjoy being a part of a 10,000-man firm is we look around the world and pull in, you know, expertise from from all over the world and, and bring it to uh, the forefront for our clients. So. 
And, and I haven't heard that much about hydrogen. So what's what's going on and what, what are the possibilities, the opportunities, you know, around hydrogen power? So uh, I, I know enough to be dangerous in the hydrogen power side of things. So there's a whole <laughs> team that does that. So I'd yeah. be remiss if I started talking about the uh, the benefits of it. I do know it's, a, it's certainly a growing area for us as a business globally. Uh, right. I'm more in tune with, it, you know, renewable energies, you know, digestion from you know, municipal waste, source separated organics, uh, food waste from, you know, uh, commercial businesses and, and things like that to generate clean, cleaner uh, electricity or energy. Uh, right. So, that you know, that's a little bit more uh, into what, what you're spacing with. with. And I and, and by the way, I totally, totally understand. And, and again, it's it's always great, by the way, as well for our leaders. Do you notice what 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 Jason did? He goes, hold on. There's a limit to my knowledge there. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, and that's okay, right? Like, I think sometimes it's, it's people get frightened. Oh, I don't know something. I, I, I can't say that I don't know something. No, Jason's a principal in one of the biggest <laughs> engineering companies in the world, and he's like, hold on, you know, I'm, I, you know, there's a limit to what I know there, which is really a great lesson. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're better off to, you know, admit what you don't know. Phone a friend, as yeah. uh, you will, <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, ask the audience. That's right. <laughs> stick to what you know, right? <laughs> you betcha. So uh, if someone wanted to do what you do, what key habits would they want to uh, uh, steal from you? Um, certainly uh, work ethic and, and drive determination to, to keep going. Uh, the ability to adapt. Um, right. It, I find it more so today than, than ever. Um, the ability to adapt to new you know, consumer demands, client demands, um, being agile within the business. Um, and embracing change. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're constantly changing the business, the, you know, the pursuits that we're after. Um, so being able to be adaptable, don't be too hard line on any one thing. Um, and I guess that, that aligns with that growth atmosphere, continuous learning. Uh, right. In order to stay relevant, you have to, you know, have those characteristics. 100%, 100%. And our final question, Jason. So when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Uh, someone that's able to adapt, um, you know, different cultures, build a team. You know, any one individual is not going to, you know, be that silver bullet, if you will. Um, being able to work within a, you know, a dynamic environment, agile workspace. We're talking about remote. Um, we, we've got staff that work remote. So you're part of a project team that you get people all over the world. So being able to, to thrive in that environment, um, you don't have to have four walls around you to be successful. You know, you, you know, you can, there's, there's many uh, ways to determine success and be part of a successful team. Um, right. So the, the ability to do that, um, certainly I'm seeing project opportunities in various parts of the world and understanding the cultures and the differences. And it's not, you know, the same way that I've seen in my little envelope of, of, of the world, really. It's a, it's a much yeah. bigger picture out there. Yeah. And you can see as well just how more and more working the soft skills and working with team members. And then on top of it, not just, you know, you know, back in the day, it was just Canadians, right? Like we're Canadians, working with Canadians. No, now it's like working with everyone around the world. And sometimes people get concerned. Oh, wow, I've got to be sensitive to everybody. You know, that's a, like that's a bad thing. You know, yeah, we have to be really sensitive because because our view of the world from a Canadian perspective is different. Australia, America, you know, Middle East, et cetera. And, 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 that, and, and if we can't get over that, that that's just not going to work there, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that again, you know, your ability to adapt. You you just touched on it. Uh, yeah. If you're hardline with your stance, you know, mm-hmm. you can be right here, but there's a, a different way, possibly a better way, an yeah. innovative way to do it, a more efficient way. So you just got to have that open mind to be able to, uh, you know, to grow. Yeah. Well, well, Jason, again, thanks for doing a second podcast with me today. Um, <laughs> I only go by the hour, so it's okay. Bills <laughs> in the mail. Awesome, awesome. Well, well, I really appreciate it. Um, you're wonderful, and uh, thanks for all your, your support of our organization over the years. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Okay. Hey, you have a great day. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.